All right. Hello, 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 hello. And welcome back to another episode of Girlfriend Let Me Tell You the Podcast. I'm your host, Latasha Ingram. And I just want to remind y'all that I'm bringing you episodes filled with topics that a lot of us know we have in common. Some of these stories that I'm telling a lot of us have had them in common. The same situations whenever I have my guests on here talking to me, you all have experienced something that I'm talking about. And those are the kind of episodes that I want to bring to you. That is why I wanted to remind y'all that there are some subjects that we want to talk about, some conversations that we want to have, but we don't want to be judged. So it's kind of hard to determine which mother, which single mother, which single black mother has been through what you've been through when you can talk about it without being judged. Or sometimes you just want to see if you have something in common with someone and you feel like they're thinking you're a crazy mother or you are a an unfit mother or they would do things a whole lot better than you would and there are some mothers out there who will say this is the best way to do it this is the way I've done it Um, I'm the best mother in the world I'm an expert you know because some people do think that they are experts at (laughs) at parenting Um, you may have some areas that you're very good at but the whole parenting realm no one is perfect because everyone's child is different which means that every parenting style has to be different in order for us to all be parents to these children, right? So the episode that is coming up today is I'm telling my personal story as I go through it. Um, It's about taking yourself out of the equation. Stop trying to make everything about yourself. Now I had already planned on doing this episode and I had a confirmation to go ahead and knock it out because I got a call from someone who was talking to me about this very issue. And they said, I wanted to talk to you because I know you've been through it before. See, that's why I try to tell y'all what I've already been through. I'm not trying to cover too many topics where I don't know what I'm talking about or I haven't done it or I don't have any good insight because that defeats the purpose of me trying to help you and trying to be relatable. Right. So if any of you have a topic that you want to discuss with me on the podcast or if some of you have a question that you want me to ask for the listeners to answer or if there's a topic that you want me to cover by myself or for me to find someone else to discuss just let me know if you want to get in touch with me so that you can be on the podcast or you want something specific to be discussed on the podcast then you can let me know by going to my website coachedbytasha.com that's c is in charlie o a c h e d coached by b y Tasha, T-A-S-H-A dot com. You will see a pop up box that says, are you looking for the podcast? Just go ahead and click the link to get you to the podcast. Scroll down. You will see a form for you to fill out. It's going to ask you for your name, your contact information. And it's also going to ask you what it is you want to happen on the podcast. Okay, go ahead and fill that out. It will come directly to me. I will read each one personally, and then we'll go ahead and get you squared away. Thank you all for being such loyal listeners. Please tell someone about the girlfriend. Let me tell you podcast so that I can get my listeners up and so that I can reach more people in the world with the messages that I have to send. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. Here's your episode. Girlfriend, let me tell you. Girlfriend, let me tell you. Girlfriend, let me tell you. Oh my goodness, girlfriend.
Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Girlfriend, Let Me Tell You, the podcast, the podcast for single black mothers. I'm your host, Latasha Ingram. All right, so today I want to have a conversation with you all about it's not about us anymore. We make situations about us when we should actually be taking other people into consideration. So basically, since we are our parents, <laughs> it's safe for me to go ahead and say that sometimes we put our own interests ahead of our kids, meaning that the kid uh, has an opportunity to have a better situation or, or uh, you know, get something good in their life. And we're blocking it for whatever reason, because of our own selfish reasons. And I think this might be the second or third episode I've called us selfish, but it's true. So there are going to be some hard times when you have to make decisions that, you know, don't involve you as much as you would like for them to. And it's during these times that you may think irrationally. You want your feelings to matter. You want to play the victim. What about me? What about me? Right now, you may be thinking I'm over exaggerating. So let me tell y'all what I'm talking about. As a single black mother, I have had to let my son stay with someone else while I take care of life stuff, you know, going to work, having a weekend to myself, going to grown people events with other adults, you know, regular stuff. Well, my son is 13 years old now, and I still feel guilty when I have fun without him sometimes. The worst I ever felt was when I would have to um, let my son stay with his dad because I had fallen on bad times again. Um, The heartbreak was coming from just knowing that my son wasn't going to be with me for a few days or weeks, depending on the situation. Either way, I would immediately think that people were going to judge me because they would see me again without my son. And boy, I would cry and cry and cry and just worry myself sick. Now, I don't want people to think that I'm an unfit mother just because I don't have my son living with me full time. Right now, he lives with his dad full time. But let me tell you all something how that came about. Last year, whenever school was virtual, my son stayed with me full time. And he went with his dad every other weekend. And now that they're actually inside the schoolhouse, he's staying with his dad full time. And I get him every other weekend. I just want to put that out there because having someone think that you are an unfit mother because you don't have your child all the time, like every school year, whatever, that's one of the worst feelings to have. And I don't know if you ever felt like that before, but it hurts. And most of the time I was just overthinking. I say most of the time, but it was probably more like all of the time. So let me tell you all my story. A very specific story. So in 2007, I had moved into my aunt's basement. It was just me. And this was supposed to be one of those situations where I stay there until I get on my feet because I had already moved from Tennessee to Houston, Texas and from Houston, Texas back to Tennessee. And then I was moving back. I had moved into my aunt's basement. My plan was only be there for like a year and then move back to Houston, Texas. That was the plan. But um, I moved into the basement that June and found out I was pregnant that next January. This is when I first began worrying about what people would think about me. Let me back up. So I had been driving a 2004 Chevy Impala. And then I gave it back to my mom in November of 2007. And that's a totally different episode. Anyway, so I moved into the basement in June. Gave the car back in November. And found out that I was pregnant in January. Talk about a timeline, right? So transparency moment, I always said that I would not have kids, but that wasn't because I didn't like kids. I adore kids. I just wanted the freedom to take care of as many people, you know, little kids, teenagers, young adults into their adult life. 
I just wanted to have the freedom to take care of as many people as I could and make a difference in their lives, which is more challenging when you have a child of your own, because now my child comes first. And because I am responsible for my very own child, I have to be careful with the decisions that I make for me and us. Okay, so imagine before I got pregnant, I had one job at the time, but I had all of my bills taken care of. If I wanted to work two or three jobs at one time, I had the um, time and freedom to do that. If I wanted to move to another city or state, I could do that. I only had to worry about um, what was good enough for me. I can't say that I did what was best for me. I, I did what I wanted to do and it didn't have to be the best decisions. I just, it just needed to be good enough. So by now I've built up a tolerance for good enough situations. I'm going to blame that on not having any real responsibility, responsibility in my early 20s. I was being a carefree 20 something year old. So fast forward. I'm sitting with a newborn baby and we live in a basement for one year. I lost my job near the end of my pregnancy. So I was living off of unemployment and refund checks from beauty school. I graduated from cosmetology school 24 hours early, though. And that's equivalent to about eight days. And eight days early is big because <laughs> the program is only just uh, what a little over a year. So I was living in income based housing. It was a very nice two-story townhome, though. Very nice neighborhood, too. We stayed there for about eight years. So if you've ever lived in an income-based housing, then you know that just because your rent may seem inexpensive and affordable to other people, there were months where I could not afford the rent and the electricity. That is definitely <laughs> going to be an episode to itself. Yeah. Living what they call income-based and still barely making it. Oh, yeah. Stay tuned for that. By this time, my son's dad and I had come with a schedule for when we would each keep our son. So things can sometimes fall into place at the right time to let you know that you need to do better, but you're not being broken down to the ground. Here's an example of that. One time my lights had been turned off because I cannot pay the electric bill. They were turned off during the week that my son was with his dad, though. I had to borrow money from my aunt to get my lights turned back on. I was upset that I couldn't afford to pay my own bill, but I felt blessed that I had them back on before my son came back. So I was humbled, but I was not at rock bottom. I could not have handled that at that moment. Life was giving me limes. And I say limes instead of lemons because I couldn't figure out what to do with them. Damn limes. Can't make lemonade with limes. So I was actually just grateful. Now, if I remember correctly, I was working at a call center and I was making around $10 per hour. I probably could have gotten a better job if a few things had fallen into place for me. It seems like every time... I'm low on cash and want to make a better change, get a better job. My body is so oddly shaped from either gaining weight or losing weight. So my clothes fit funny, but I don't have the money to buy more flattering clothing. And you know what it is when you borrow someone else's clothes, you know how it is. They really don't fit right. And that adds to the increasing depression that you have. And now it seems like when I used to go to the Goodwill or the Salvation Army or something to get some pants, you know, they're always the black ones with the wide hips and the bare bottom, bell bottoms at the bottom. Or they got the straight leg khakis that's a different color than what they're supposed to be. That None of those clothes fit good. And then the clothes at the store don't fit good. So it just seems like every time I try to get a new job and they say dress, you know, business or dress business casual, I couldn't find any slacks that really went with my body. Maybe because I couldn't afford, you know, some some better ones or something. But it seems like every time I went to look for a job, either I had lost weight um, while I was searching for jobs or I had gained weight. 
So what I had the last time I worked doesn't fit and I can't afford to buy nothing new. <sighs> okay. All right. So now I'm going to get into making decisions and taking yourself out of the equation, meaning it's not about you anymore. So let me say, I got to take a moment to let y'all know that as I'm talking, I'm realizing that I'm preaching to myself, right? Because some of these things, as I'm typing them, it's me just thinking back to, you know, hindsight is 2020. This is what I would have done differently. This is what I'm doing now. So a lot of times I made decisions based on what I wanted. It didn't really matter what everybody else wanted because I got, I got to take care of me. You know what I'm saying? So I have to just tell y'all that I'm preaching to myself too while I do this episode. I had to make a decision and take myself out of the equation. It wasn't about me. Just like some of the things that y'all decide on shouldn't be about you. But we make it about us. Don't we? Don't we? Okay. Fear can make us make decisions that keep us in a situation for longer than we need to stay there. This is one of the topics that are hard to explain or put into words if I'm talking to someone who has never experienced this before. So here goes. When I was making $10 an hour, I was making enough money to stay on public assistance and to get the most benefits. I didn't have any extra money to do anything else with. I had enough to pay most of my bills on time and look like I had it made. I was comfortable with that because here's the thing that a lot of people don't understand. When you are on the borderline of making too much money to get assistance, that line is still close to you being homeless. You know, like it's saying if you make $99, you can be on income-based housing. But if you make $100, hey, we got to take it from you because you can afford to pay $500 a month in rent. That's, That's where I was with that. Okay, so I was on the borderline of either continue to get my benefits, don't make any money at work. And make as little amount, as little, as little money as you can so that you keep your benefits. Because if you make $1 too much, you're going to be on the streets because technically you can't afford to live nowhere else. So that's where I was with that. Right. So I remember when I worked 10 hours of overtime on one check and when my housing found out, they calculated it as regular salary and my rent was increased by $200. That was $200 per month that I did not have. And I wasn't even able to make that much money again. So I was stuck with rent that I really couldn't afford for a whole year. That was enough for me to make sure that I never worked over 40 hours per week. And that if I ever had to work mandatory overtime, I would leave work early on one day or come in late so that no over no no time over 40 hours is calculated. So say I was supposed to be there at 10 o'clock in the morning, I might come in around 1130 or 12, you know, call out like I'll be there late. Or instead of me getting off at the regular time at the end, I would leave early for some reason. That way, if we had to work like four hours of overtime, I just need to make sure I was away from work. What about six hours, six, seven hours? So y'all know what I'm saying? Because I didn't want that to show up again to where my rent increases. So, um, so since they were saying, since you made this little bit of money on this overtime, you could probably, you can afford to live somewhere else. So if those people were saying that I could afford more expensive rent, then I could have saved that extra money and possibly gotten a different apartment the next year. And that could have been a roller coaster of other opportunities just coming up. But no, I was thinking that if I didn't want to risk losing what we had for hopes of something better, because what if the worst happened? What if I started making money? move out of income-based housing, get a more expensive apartment, and then lose that apartment and can't go back, right? What if that was to happen? Y'all, that's exactly what happened. (laughs) 
I thought the worst and the worst happened. Well, I'm not going to say the worst, but what I thought was going to be the worst did actually happen, right? So I left the $10 per hour job and I got a job that paid $18 an hour. Once my housing found out that I had a better paying job, they increased my rent by another $500. So I left there to move into an apartment that was right around $700 a month. Now that was in October of 2017. I lost that apartment in August of 2018. So here's another example of when I had to take myself out of the equation for the sake of my child. Okay, so when I lost my apartment, it was because I had lost my job. I was not financially able to keep up with the rent and I was not finding a job quick enough to either catch up on my rent or find somewhere else to stay. So I called my granny and she told me to come on home. And every time I would call her and tell her something wasn't going right, she would always say, well, come on home and just pack up your stuff and come back home. And I've never had to until back in 2018. But she was still saying, hey, you can always come home. And I used to go to this church in Greensboro, North Carolina, I cannot remember the name of it. It's sad that I can't remember, but I can't remember. But there was this song they just sing that goes, um, come home, come home, come home. Um, there's food on the table. The light's still on. Okay. I know it's something about the light being on, food on the table, and come home. I'm going to have to figure out what it is, and maybe I'll put it in the show notes when I figure it out. But anyway, um, my granny was telling me to come on home. Now, that means that I'll be moving an hour away from what my son is used to. That's his friends, his school, his dad. All of his friends that he made in the past 10 years or so were going to be left behind because of something drastic that happened in my life. But it wasn't my son's fault. It wasn't his dad's fault. And when I was offered a place to live back in my hometown, a lot of thoughts went through my head. Will I find somewhere to work soon? Because I didn't want to stay here forever. I wanted to come here again, like the um, uh, basement situation, just stay there long enough to get on my feet. Right. So I have to worry about this. When am I going to get a job so that I can, you know, go back to Greensboro and I can be close to my son and all this stuff. Right. So what are people going to say when they find out that I need that I don't move back home? And the crazy, (laughs) the crazy thing about that is no one really knew that I moved back until I'd been home, been here for like almost two years. (laughs) I was here for almost two years when people realized Oh, she lives here because I was always in the local Walmart and people like, oh, you home? I'm like, yeah, I've been home. But I guess they thought I was home for the day or home for the weekend or something. So it never just clicked. But that's funny. I'm sitting here worried. Oh, people going to know I'm back home and they're going to pick at me, man. Them people ain't know nothing about two years. So that just goes to show that we be worried about the wrong things. I mean, let's see what else I worried about. Um, Oh, yeah. So. I thought that my son's dad was going to think that I was a sorry mother because I lost my job and moved again in less than 12 months because I wasn't in an apartment for a year. And to be honest, maybe he did think that it's none of my business what that man thought. I had other things to worry about, like seriously. So I was wondering, how was I going to make ends meet? Because I was so close to paying my truck off, but I had just lost my job. Anyway, everything that I could worry about I worried about it. This all happened around the end of the school year. So we were going into summer break, which which kind of bought me some time. 
My son's dad and I had agreement that I would keep my son for a full seven days and then his dad would keep him for a full seven days. And that worked the whole summer. And, you know, when things are like that, like it's tense, like, oh, my gosh, I only get my son every other week. You know what I'm saying? I don't I, I, can't, I can't see him as often. That made the summer go by extra, extra fast. Like I was like, slow down, summer. I just started keeping my son again. So when it was time for him to go back to school, that's when the emotions started going right. All of the negative thoughts that I had at the beginning of the summer had moved to the back burner. Then I started overthinking, imagining the worst of the worst happening. Like, what if my son's dad wants to take him from me and gain full custody because I don't have a job and I moved an hour away? What if my son thinks less of me because he won't see me every week or every day, especially if I let him live with his dad? Will I be okay with myself now that my son is gone? Will I be okay just being by myself because I don't have a husband and I don't have a boyfriend? It's just me. I don't even have any friends down here. So this is the stuff that was going through my head at the time because now we got to decide where is he going to go to school and who is he going to live with? So I spoke to my son's dad about school arrangements And he said that he thought it was best to let our son finish out middle school where he already was since he already knew people there and he was used to it. So I knew that I didn't want my son to go to school down here because I honestly thought that I would be taking him away from the most opportunities, which were basically where he already was compared to where I live. I asked my son what he wanted to do. And of course, he wanted to be with friends, which meant that he would be living with his dad full time. This is where I became selfish and torn. Now, I had wished and hoped for more free time to be able to work a full-time job or start a new business. However, my stupid ass also wanted to have my son around me all the time. That makes how much sense, y'all? Right, none. Then I thought that I would be able to clear my mind if I had more time to myself to reflect and get my life together. Still, I wanted to have my son with me Even if I didn't have everything figured out. Here's the problem with that. If your child has an opportunity to have a better life than what you can give them right that very moment, then you are being very selfish to keep them away from that. See, we want our kids to be a part of our struggle, but the struggle isn't theirs. So many moms want to be super all of the time. So many of us want to add baggage. We want to be strong and in control when we really just need to sit down somewhere and rest. Today's episode is brought to you by Whole Lotta Jewelry by Latasha Ingram. That's right, your favorite independent consultant for paparazzi accessories. You can shop online for affordable jewelry that is nickel-free, lead-free, and suitable for children, men, and women. You will find many colors, styles, and also new arrivals each weekday at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Visit these websites now to get your shopping done before the next holiday, birthday, anniversary, or any other special occasion. That's wholeloutofjewelry.myshopify.com or visit wholeloutofjewelry.com daily for new releases and to become a part of my team. Once you get to the website, click join my team, choose your kit, and start selling immediately. It's just that easy. Again, that's wholeloutofjewelry, H-E-A-U-X-L-O. T-T-A-J-E-W-E-L-R-Y by Latasha Ingram. I can almost guarantee 
that quite a few of y'all are going through some kind of mental illness right now. Maybe not the most extreme cases, but you all are dealing with something right now. Stress, depression, confusion, loss of hope, shame, financial loss, nervousness, anxiety, social anxiety. Like, have you noticed that you were a little more of an introvert than you were a long time ago? Have you realized that you don't want to be around people like that? Like that often? Like you, you don't mind being to yourself. Some, if your mood has changed and the, you know, your social preference. Yeah, that could be a sign of a mental illness, which could be depression. It could be anxiety. Now, don't y'all take my word as if I'm a doctor. I'm just saying this is, this is what I think it is. You know what I mean? So if you were lucky, like I am, then your child has a father that is willing and ready to take their child and keep them. Look at it as a break for yourself. Keep in mind that this is the child's father, so you shouldn't feel ashamed. You didn't feel ashamed for having the child more than half the time when the father couldn't keep them or whatever the situation was. This is the child's father. If you trust the father to be good to your child, then let them have their child. I'm not talking about giving up custody. I'm talking about letting the child go with their parent and you get yourself together. Okay. So whenever people are saying, oh my gosh, you don't have your daughter. Oh my gosh, you don't have your son. He's with his father. She's with her father. My child has two parents. That's the benefit of parents not being together. The child gets to stay somewhere different every other week or whatever the case may be they get to do different places and, and get different backgrounds so just because your child i think a lot of mothers feel guilty oh my gosh i'm the mother my child is not with me but it's not like you're giving the child to your mother or your auntie or your uncle or your grandparents you're giving the child to its other parents so don't don't ever feel ashamed of that don't ever feel like oh i should have my kid the child is with the father I want to point that out too. I think that's what some moms think is that they would look like a very bad mom if they didn't have the kid at all. But that's the child's father. Okay. Um, that's, that's the child's father. Okay. So you can think about yourself, but don't cheat the child in the mix. It doesn't make sense to be mentally drained and still try to have your child. Now your child has to suffer because of your pride. It doesn't make too much sense to have your child living with you at a relative's house. When you already know that those people are going to be talking about you and making you uncomfortable, don't invite your kid into that toxic environment. If you don't have transportation, but the father does, don't have your child on a filthy bus or walking everywhere just to say that you have your child. We can walk in humility alone and protect our children from that. There is a silver lining to a lot of situations and we overlook it because of who it involves and what we think we will look like. Take yourself out of the equation. Now look at your options. What is the best thing for your child? Which situation has more stability? That's what you go with. The only people you need to talk it over with is your children and the father. Don't worry about your friends who have never gone through this. Don't worry about your grandmother who raised nine kids alone with the man in the house that had a whole other family, two other streets over. Don't worry about your friends who have never gone through this. 
Don't worry about your grandmother who has raised nine kids alone with a man in the house that had a whole other family two streets over. Don't worry about what your cousin has to say that doesn't even have kids. Don't worry about what your aunt has to say that has three kids and all of their fathers are on child support. Don't get advice from the wrong people. Break generational curses. Have some kind of common ground with the father. Talk to him. Be the bigger guy. You might have to be the bigger guy more than once. Trust me. If you two are barely getting along, you, Miss Lady, you will have to swallow your pride. You will have to shut your mouth. You will have to ignore some stuff. Keep things to yourself. Don't tell people about every interaction and every conversation that you have with the father. People like to egg stuff on. You ever felt like that? Oh, shoot. That was crazy. Let me call my girlfriend and tell her what happened. Let me call my mama. Let me call my aunt. Let me call my cousin. Let me call my best friend. I got to tell him what he said. Because this is crazy. This doesn't make any sense. I've done that plenty of times. I know y'all have too. Y'all done called somebody. Even if you went to work and told your your work boyfriend, you told somebody. (laughs) Whenever you are talking to the father, take your time to answer his questions. Ask relevant questions when it's your time to say something. Ask stuff that makes sense. Don't just be asking questions to ask him. Don't call him if you don't have anything to say. Don't text him if, if, if it's not relevant. Okay? And I don't want you to ask the kind of questions that will start an argument. Stop being so sensitive. Stop trying to always be right. And I'm telling y'all what I know. Okay, I'm I'm telling you what I know. I'm telling you what has worked for me. And I'm telling you that is is universal. Okay? Start listening and start making smart moves. Text the father if you think the conversation may take a long, you know, take a wrong turn. So if you're one of those people where you have a lot to say and you don't want anybody talking over you because that's a trigger. If you don't want anybody disagreeing with you or getting loud with you, if you don't want anyone being sarcastic or breathing heavy on the phone, then you know what? You might need to go ahead and text that person. That's what you can do. You can text them. So now whenever they respond, you have time to think of what you're going to type next. Okay. It also helps your, your peace. It keeps you, your stress levels down whenever you're texting because you don't have to, you, you know, you're going to, your message is going to get read or it's going to get half read or whatever, but you get to send everything you want to say. So that's what I would say. And take yourself out of the equation. Don't worry about what he has going on. Trust him to be irresponsible when he has your child or your children. Let him be the best father that he can be without you micromanaging him. We're all learning how to be parents. No one is perfect. And you've done some fucked up stuff. So don't be out here judging people. Let him do what he is going to do and just see what happens. Especially if he wants the kids and he is not being aggressive. I mean, dang, looking back, I'm glad I started changing before it was too late. You have some men who are like, well, just give me the baby then. I'm going to come and get my son. I'm going to come and get my daughter. Man, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then he don't even keep the kids. He takes them over to his mother's house, right? <laughs> so if you're, if the child's father is not being aggressive like that, 
Let him get his child. Look, I remember crying so bad for weeks because when school started back and my son was living with his dad, I felt like his dad had taken him from me. I called him upset. Look, y'all, look, look, I was crying. I was snotting because I had done worked myself up for the most part, overthinking nobody to to help me nobody was saying anything I wanted them to say what I was trying to tell them what was going on because you know when you upset and everybody like they can't understand you right so I called his dad upset I said you took my son from me I can't see him like I want to because you took him from me y'all my son's dad was like man stop playing <laughs> we are an hour away if you want him come get him I ain't taking from you. He's in school right now. You're the mom. You're on the pickup list. If you want him, go get him. Just stop playing with me. (laughs) See, just that quick, he put me in my place. I was tripping. But you know what? I didn't pick him up from school after all that. You know, you took my son from me. I want my son. After putting up all that fuss, I didn't even have enough gas money to drive an hour and pick my son up from school and bring him down the road with me and then take him back the next day. I didn't have enough gas money to do all of that. So here I am making it about me, I guess, trying to get a reaction out of his dad. But I really honestly did feel like his dad took him from me, even though we, you know, agreed on my son staying with him for a time. Let me tell y'all something. Sometimes your mind leaves you. <laughs> so I got to give credit where credit is due. My son's dad was patient with me when I had lost my job and then got a job and then lost that job too. You know, he worked with me, even though we talked mostly through text, which we still do today. But whenever maybe I didn't have the gas money to come and get my son or whatever, he understood he would keep him during my time or whatever. Or if I ever felt like I just want him, you know, a little longer, can I, can I keep him your week too? You know, we learned how to communicate schedules. Let me just say that. And I was able to do that because um, I took myself out of the equation. You know, if it's best for my son to do this, that's what we're going to do. Whether it's with me or his dad, I just have to take myself out of the equation. All right. So something else. Because I want to have I want to be able to communicate with my son's dad. I stay out of his face and he stays out of mine. I don't ask him any questions about anything other than him and my son or just my son you know that that's all I ask about all the other stuff is nothing because you have to get to a point where you trust your co-parent enough that you think they will always make the best decisions you know even though we know our kids will get hurt they'll get sick while they're with other parent and stuff as long as we know that they are putting their best foot forward to be the best parent that they can be as far as protecting them and sheltering them and feeding them and clothing them. As long as they're doing the best they can do, we have to trust the other parent to do what they are supposed to do. Okay. If there are any men on here listening, you have to trust the mother to do what she's going to do to do the best that she can do with your child's interests. Okay. With your child's interests at heart, you have to trust that whenever your child's father gets a girlfriend, that that woman is going to be good to your child. You need to talk to your child. Don't pressure them. We're going to have an episode about that too. Don't pressure your children. Don't do that. They're not going to tell you anything. Right? But you have to trust the child's father. 
to make the best decisions for your children. Okay, talk to the father. So you want to be on his good side, because if you and your child's parent get along very well, they know not to bring anyone disrespectful around your child because they're going to feel the same way you're going to feel. They know the child is going to come back and tell it, you know, it's too much at risk for this. I have too much to lose. I have a relationship with my children. I have a relationship with my children's mother. We're good. I'm not about to mess this up. That's the importance of putting yourself out of the equation. Like I said earlier, sometimes you got to be the bigger person so that y'all can be close to being on the same page when it comes to raising your child. But me and my son, Zad, we're here for our son, not each other. I don't owe him anything and he does not owe me anything. Now, I've been co-parenting for 13 years now. I'm an expert, something like an expert up until the age of 13, right? So I can teach you a thing or two. Now, I'm going to conclude this episode by saying this as nicely as I can put it. Ladies, you have to get over yourself. If you're still trying to figure out this co-parenting thing, You're going to have to get over yourself. You don't know everything and you are not the best at anything. Parenting and co-parenting should not be a competition. Your kids need both parents if all that is possible. And you should know that I'm not saying to make it work with an absolute deadbeat parent. Don't go searching for and trying to force a relationship with a man that wants nothing to do with your child. That's asking for trouble. I'm talking about the men who have genuinely shown interest in being a father figure to their kids. Let that man do his job. Don't be ashamed. Don't be prideful. Don't let bitter and petty single mothers make you feel like you have to do it alone. I haven't said this in a while, but fuck them. And get you some new friends and associates. Become acquainted with people who have successfully been through what you are going through now Or become acquainted with someone who is experiencing the same thing that you are. Go on out there and get to know people. And girlfriend, you've got this. Girlfriend, let me tell you. Girlfriend, let me tell you. Girlfriend, let me tell you. Oh my goodness, girlfriend.